Listen, you probably don't have time to listen to a ton of podcasts or read through dozens of websites or articles because, hey, your interview is probably coming up soon, right? Check out Equipped Essentials, the all-in-one, easy-to-follow digital book that provides you with every tip, framework, and suggestion all in one place. You'll walk away with the nuts and bolts, essentially, that you need. Plus, as a bonus, you'll get a two-page interview prep worksheet, making your prep painless and foolproof. Just follow the steps right on there. Head on over to equippedinterview.com forward slash books and put all the guesswork behind you. Get your copy of Equipped Essentials today. Equippedinterview.com forward slash books. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Equipped Interview Podcast. With a combined 30-plus years of being interviewed and interviewing thousands of others, we're here to build your confidence, help you stand out, and get your dream job. Your hosts are Joshua Tinky and Linda Kamali. Let's get you equipped. All right, everybody. Well, today we're back and ready to share a few more of our favorite interview tips. Um, six, actually. I'm sure... Many more will come in through through the uh, through the conversation, but those are our planned ones for the day. Uh, we have stories and some <laughs> examples included. Um, we really hope to just continue building uh, your confidence um, and give you some solid examples of oh, interview scenarios either we've encountered or you might encounter. Maybe laugh a little bit along the way. What do you think, Linda? Lots of laughter. I hope there's lots of laughter. Hope so for sure. We were kind of thinking about this in our you know, kind of pre-show prep and thinking about it a little bit. Between last week's episode and today, it feels like we're a little bit on a, on a theme, if you want to call it that, of kind of getting back to the basics, but specifically back to the basics of being prepared. Last week, if you haven't listened to it, it was about how to always be ready or always be getting ready, always be ready, be prepped for an interview, even if you don't have one coming up. And today kind of continues that theme in a sense where, yes, they're interview tips, they're kind of they're timely to now, but bigger picture, it's really about changing your mindset about, about what you're even doing in the interview. And so, or why you're there, changing your mindset about what you're supposed to accomplish in the interview and how to get ready for that. And I'll just quick, quick aside on that. Interviews are not for answering questions. What? Tell um, me more, Josh. <laughs> they're not? <laughs> Wait, hold the phone. No, seriously. Like it's, I'll say it again because you're right. In my opinion, interviews are not for answering their questions. And we actually had, a, I had a whole episode mm. about this a long time, a while back. Um, I just looked it up. It was the first episode, actually. Yes, so go back and I listen to that. Well. If you hadn't listened to that. It is. It was probably first for a reason. It was one of my favorites. Um, but the gist is your goal when you walk into an interview is to tell them what they need to hear about you to make an informed decision about you. It's not for just answering their questions. That's why so many people get nervous is, I don't know what they're going to ask me. Well, if you go in and a lot of the content we put out there is to help you be prepped and to really focus on what you need to do to go in and tell them what they need to hear, not just to answer questions. You know you better than they do. So being prepped on what you want to talk about, um, what you need to learn about them or from them, that's the key. Um, they're, they're just trying to ask you questions that they think will help them uncover the important things about you, but you already know that. So you can just go in with what those important things are and set yourself up for success um, and doing a little bit more work than what everyone else does and gives you that better chance at success and better shot at the job. When you're, you know, when you have that opportunity, you get to put the spotlight on yourself and this is the opportunity. I like you use that word uncover, Josh. Yeah. You know, you're, you're getting to spotlight all of those wonderful skills and, and experiences and stories that you've had in your life that are potentially going to bring value to, to this person who obviously needs, you know, someone for, for a role. So um, we're excited to uh, continue this theme of, of, of always be prepping. All right. 
Well, good. Let's move on. Let's get to some of those specific tips. And we'll start with tip number one. Absolutely. Tip number one, do your homework. This is such an essential tip in our opinion. And what's so wonderful now is there's so much information at your fingertips. You can do a Google search. You can use LinkedIn and read all about the company and the posts that they um, often utilize. There's a great way to be able to research a company's mission and vision and purpose, which which so many organizations have. Um, trust us, companies are going to probe you to see if you did your homework. There may even be a question within their guide that says, like, did it sound like this applicant did their homework? Um, one of my favorite ways to research, and Josh, I would love to hear one of yours too, um, is to do a recent news search. When you do a Google search, you can click on recent news. And is there an, is there an article? Um, is there any type of spotlight or awards that the, the company might have won? Finding a little nugget of recent news, what's such a great way to utilize this is you can weave it into one of your questions that you might save for um, for the interviewer at the end. This was a favorite of mine whenever folks would, I could tell when they really did their homework and then they would weave it into a question. I used to love that. Yeah, absolutely. The new search is great. Um, two things came to mind when you were mentioning this. One is one is if you're applying for a role within within an organization, you're already at the company or the organization. That's a little different. You're already hopefully familiar with some of the mission and vision and purpose. That doesn't mean you don't need to do your homework though. There, There's plenty by doing your homework. That really just means being the most prepped. So your your job is maybe a little bit done when, when it comes to understanding the mission and vision or understanding the organization itself. But your, your job is not done when it comes to understanding the, you probably even have more insight and more expectation to know a little bit more about the role, what uh, the specific needs are of that hiring manager or the team, or you can hopefully find someone from that team, someone you just left that team, someone who used to be part of that team, to learn about the team dynamic, what their specific needs are, um, what they need and how you might fit in. So it's kind of a different angle on doing your homework within the organization and from outside. Um, and to answer your question, Linda, like what's one of my favorite ways if I'm trying to research a company more so from, from the outside or, you know, how I coach others to is, um, certainly look doing a new search, but oftentimes if it exists and if it's a big enough company, um, a lot of them have it now, but just, they have their own YouTube channel or you can find someone, um, Mm, that's done things on YouTube for them and finding their CEO or someone in HR talking about what's their values or what's important to them or just anyone from the organization that's talking, you get to little little insight into how they think, how they how they speak about whether it's their clients, customers, um, their mission, value, vision, things like that. So that's that's another way you can just hear from someone within the org that you can um, you can then feel more more close closely aligned with what they're going for. That's that's bigger picture from when you're on the outside. If you're looking for the more specifics around um, the job itself and trying to get intel there, like LinkedIn for sure is is probably my other go to. Josh, you know what you just reminded me of by um, sharing the YouTube, even just a podcast search. Um, I, you know, you can go in and just search a company name and you may find the CEO or CFO or even mm. any, any anyone, depending on your industry. Uh, there's so many things to uh, to be able to find. I've heard of a number of folks using that as a, a great way to look for, you know, recent interviews and um, what a great thing to bring up in an interview. I good, thought you were going to say, good. what a great thing to bring up, podcasts. Okay, I guess I can get on board with <laughs> well, that, I suppose. We, uh, we're definitely <laughs> fans, without a doubt. <laughs> we're biased. All right. Feel good about that one? I love it. Ready All right. for tip two. Tip two, know your why for the role. This is actually two-pronged. 
knowing your why, why do you want the role? Number one. And then number two, why do you think you're a fit for the role? So essentially, why do you want the role and why should they hire you? To kind of build all into one. Why do you think you would bring value and impact? There's a, there's a lot to that why. I think this is a, a really important connection piece. And anyone going in for any role, it's so common to, for, for someone to say, why you? Why this role? Why this industry? And um, this is something you can practice beforehand, too. I'm a big fan of um, practicing my why while I'm driving or in the shower (laughs) (laughs) or when on a walk, it looks like I'm having a conversation with someone on the phone. But this is something you can practice and really kind of nail it and make sure it it really feels good. Um, And I I mean, for me, Josh, when I think about my why, I, I shared the word connection there. I'm all about connection. I like to feel connected to a mission, to a vision, to a purpose. What skills do I have that are going to bring value to this role, to the people that I'm going to be working with? If I can check a lot of those boxes, I'm going to feel really clear about my why. And, um, even as I've shifted from leadership to non-leadership, it really has um, always helped me to uh, value and connection are really, really important. Definitely. How about you? Yeah, definitely. I, I probably, I try to bring out some of that connection and emotion because I, I think I, my default is to err more so on the like, on the technical side or just the, I don't know what the right word is, the hard skill side of things just to be, or frameworks. And so what I mean by that is, okay, I just have a list of skills. Why do I want the role? Because I want to do X, Y, and Z. Why should you hire me? Because I do X, Y, and Z. And uh, they fit together, mm-hmm. so please hire me. So that that, that might actually be a not, a not bad starting place to help you help you understand why you want the role. Think about it. Why do I want this? Oh, because I want to do X, Y, or Z. Great. You got to craft that into a story as to why you want the role and just be clear on it. You don't want the first time you've ever thought about why you actually want to do this role and would be excited about it is when you're getting asked that in an interview. You don't want that to be the first time that you've seriously thought about it. You, um, obviously, you've applied, you've thought about it to a degree, but you don't want to be the first time you say it out loud, to your point, Linda, <laughs> to be in the interview. You want to practice that. You want to think about it and be super clear. And then also, why should they hire you? You're going to probably get that question. We actually spent a whole episode on that one too. Why should Why should I hire you? And how to, how to think about your, your answer to that um, and how to think about how to tell your answer to that. That's a big one. And so one of the things that's important is to to really think through skills and excitement. Last week, I'm pretty sure I mentioned the three things every hiring manager is looking for. One, do you have the skills I need? Two, are you excited about this role and passionate enough that after the so-called new job smell goes away, like the new car smell is gone, mm, new job smell is yeah. go- gone, are you still going to be excited enough to continue working through the hard times of the job? So that has to come across. And the best way to do that is to talk about and be, and be convincing and have it be true that you really do want the role, why, and how you, you and the skills and the excitement that you bring match that. And I think what with this one about knowing your why, think about the person who's interviewing you and their reaction to your answer. So they're going to be listening and, and slightly judging, you know, what you're sharing to make sure that you are matching up. And, um, you know, Josh and I joked about this um, earlier today. Um, you know, why should we hire you? Should you answer, well, because I need a job. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised that some actually do uh, do respond with you know something very concrete as well. I need a paycheck or I do need a job. Um, but being able to to give examples and really dive into what it is you're going to bring um, is just going to be an incredibly positive experience for for both you and the person who is learning all about you. 
Right, exactly. And and I will say, even if even if you're not, you're thinking, I would never say I just need a job. That's why I want this. You might still be thinking it, right? You might think, mm-hmm. hey, I need a job. I'm not going to say that to them, but you might still be thinking it pretty loudly. And so even if that's the case, I'm, we want to talk to you too. If, if you are thinking, hey, I need a job right now. That's why I'm applying to this one. There are hundreds, if not thousands of jobs available. You applied to this one. You're sitting there in the interview. There's something that drew you to it. You have to be able to articulate that something specific to this. You probably didn't apply to every open job that exists on the globe. So if that's the case, then there's something unique here. And so you just got to think that through. That's all. Yep. It's an important one. I think it's a, one of the the most important pieces of, of, of your why to, um, especially if you're really building a career journey. Um, I think this is mm. a really important one. Know your why. Definitely. And speaking of a career journey, one, um, one, a couple examples we thought we'd throw in here. Um, one is is uh, specific to my career journey a while back, and one is kind of a, <laughs> I guess, a public or news uh, type of situation. Um, the first one, and I'll, I'll make this pretty brief, but I, at one point in my career, if you've listened to the, the podcast before, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this at least once, I transitioned from a non-leadership role. I was in a financial advisor type role, my last large organization, and I was trying to move into a first-time leadership role. And I had to be incredibly clear with myself and with the interviewer, the hiring manager, as to why I wanted to make this transition and then why why she should hire me for that. And I especially, I knew, I not everyone has this level of insight, but I happen to know, I was going up against in the final rounds of this interview, um, a couple candidates who were existing leaders going for this one kind of specialty leadership role. And I, I, would, have, I would be a first-time leader going for this role. I had to be really clear on why I wanted the role and why I thought I was the right fit for it to make her life easier to uh, provide the skills that she needed ultimately given my background and what I thought I could bring, et cetera. So I worked really hard crafting that answer. And ultimately uh, I did end up getting that role. And she shortly after getting the role came back to me and said, that was a really, it was really clear to, to me why I should hire you and why you felt you would be a good fit. And you laid that out for me. And so she, she did give credit to the, in, in the interview, like that really was convincing. And so I, I model a lot of the coaching that I give, um, and you know that was years ago. But a lot of the coaching I give others and interviews I had since then on I model it on how my answer wins during that particular transition in my career. It's it's such a great example, and especially when you're going from. Um, you know, what, what some may call like an individual type of contributor role right. into people leadership or true leadership, it, you you really need to be clear um, on that. Such a great example. And uh, Josh, you had mentioned that um, you recently saw on the news um, uh, as, as folks are now starting to um, announce potential upcoming presidential candidates, um, someone recently um, was directly asked from the press, if I'm not mistaken, so why you? Why you for the presidential role? Is that is that what you saw on the news? Yeah, exactly. And so it really caught my eye, caught my attention because we talk about this a lot with, uh, you know, we're coaching others for interviews. And I know this episode is coming up on Know Your Why. And it, it piqued my interest when the um, the reporter, I guess, said, so you've uh, put your you know, name in the hat uh, for president. Why you? Just that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just those two words. Why you? And I'm why like, oh, you? wow. Okay. <laughs> someone going for president. Let's hear it. And, you know, they went into uh, uh, the candidate responded like, Oh, you know, we need this, this, and we need this. And uh, it just made me turn my head a little bit. Huh? That's not quite directly answering the question. And I don't know if that would fly in an interview, in a, you know, in a job mm-hmm. interview. And 
actually have a whole episode from a long time ago around how you should and shouldn't um, answer questions like a political candidate. Because, hey, but there's a lot we can learn, I think, a lot of times and saying <laughs> just saying what we want to say rather than actually answering the question. This is not one of those times. You need to be able to answer the question, why, why should we hire you or why should we choose you? And that's an important one. So it really stood out. I highly recommend you, you kind of tune into that over the next... I don't feel like it'll feel like 10 years, but probably year and a half or two years, whatever we have until the next presidential election. Um, But listen to those. Perhaps we can forward this episode over to uh, those candidates and and share with them how to tell their why. (laughs) Just be clear, concise and actually answer a question. And we would love it. Yeah. So Great anyway, example. Yeah, it's a as you as you you know are watching the world around you. Um, interview questions are asked all the time in the news, so that's such a great example. I I, I love it. Um, so on to tip three. This is absolutely one of my favorites, and I've seen this done so beautifully, and then I've also seen it done not so well. Um, tip three is pause and reflect. Um, I truly, truly cannot stress this enough. Uh, Often we go into an interview with a little bit of nervousness. It's completely and totally normal. And as you're being asked questions, it's not uncommon for you to only hear a portion of the question and then right away in your head, you're already thinking about the example that you're going to give. And for for some, they will start answering that question before they even have heard the whole question. And I'm such a fan of coaching for folks to pause and reflect. Take a few moments five seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, even more. I've seen it where someone has taken a full minute and what they often will do is say, that's a great question. Give me a moment. I'd like to ponder. I have a few examples, but I want to give you the best example that matches your question. One, you've hopefully just calmed your nerves down a little bit. Two, you've you've asked for permission. I've never, ever seen someone not give that permission of time. And you can go through some of these examples in your head and then really answer that question to the best of their ability. I've seen it where what has happened is someone will will start answering the question before I've even finished the question. And halfway through, they'll say, wait a second. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Oh yeah, and I'm realizing, and I mean flat out. I mean, I've heard this dozens and dozens over of times. They'll flat out yep. say, "I don't even think I'm answering your question, am I?" And I'm I'm a forgiver. I give one, you know, kind of fall down, like one one full fall down. But that that this is often where it is, where they just didn't listen to the question, and they didn't take enough time to pause and reflect. And I I just love this. I I think it shows patience. I think it shows attention to detail. It shows reflection. And some of the best answers that I've ever gotten in interviews were with candidates that truly paused and reflected on the experience they could provide. I just I just love it. I love it. It is really good advice. And I'm going to take it a in a similar direction, but a little bit different. Um, It really, really, the reason I like it, it really, really fits in our theme of being prepared. And how so is the important thing to remember here that like the big takeaway that I'm hearing here is at some point during your interview, you're likely to have a moment like this where you're going to get more nervous than you were. Maybe you thought you felt pretty good going in, but you're more more likely than not going to have a moment where you're going to be nervous and and do exactly what Linda just said and either don't have an answer for something, can't remember, you're like, oh, I had a great example for this and it's you're totally blanking or, oh, I wanted to knock out these like three main points to this and I can only remember two of them. What is it? Just go in expecting that that's going to happen at, at some point and what do you, how are you going to respond? You hope that with all your prep, you're just going to nail it and, and you don't have any of that. But in the event that you do, 
this is one of those ways that you can set yourself up for success regardless. So you had a great phrase in there, Linda, like basically come up with a phrase that you want to use in that event that that happens. So it's, you know what, give me, give me a moment. I want to take, take 10 seconds and give you the best example. You phrased it better, but that was the gist of what you said. You know, have our advice is have, have that phrase ready, have something ready, you know, give me just one 10 seconds. I'd love to regroup here or whatever it is. If you're like totally, you know, you're totally bombing, you know, just have a phrase ready so that you know what to do. It reminds me of um, when I was studying a long time ago, studying for the certified financial planner um, designation exam. Well, I forget what they call it, but the, the exam. And uh, I, we had a, it's a lot of really dry material, but we had a very entertaining, um, I had a very entertaining instructor or teacher, you know, someone that came in and did lessons with us for months. He basically said the same thing, which was at some point you're going to see an an a question and answers. You don't even know what they're asking. And mm-hmm. I don't want, you don't even have any idea. And it's going to take so long for you to even try to think of it. I don't even want you, I don't want you to panic. You're going to, your default is going to be panic. I don't want you to panic. I just want you to pick the letter D and move on. <laughs> because you're going to end up spending 12 minutes of precious time trying to figure out what the heck's going on there. You're still not going to know it. And you'll have wasted 12 minutes of that exam and get it wrong anyway and move on to the next one. Yeah. And so I just want you to not panic. He's like, don't panic. Don't cry for your mama. All, all I want you to do <laughs> is pick D and move on. Like, yeah. Okay, we can do that. And, and there were definitely times during that exam. And I, I was well studied, but there were times where I had not, I didn't even know some of the words they were using in the questions. I'm like, if he hadn't given that advice, a little panic would have been setting in. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah. he told me this is going to happen. So similar, similarly, and that's a really long way of just like backing what you said, you can pause and reflect in the moment, but just know there could be a situation like that. It could be this could be something else. Have a few sentences or phrases ready so that it doesn't cause the entire rest of your interview to go downhill. It will, and it will be welcomed. It will be absolutely welcomed. Um, cannot cannot um, stress this one enough. Pause and reflect. All right. Well, let's move on to tip number four before this turns into a six-hour podcast episode. All right. Tip number four of six, you're interviewing them just as much as they are interviewing you. What do we mean by that, Linda? So, you know, I, I coach to this all the time, you know, you are going in, I mean, often when we apply for a role, it's because we want it, you know, we're, we're going for it. But at the same time, you are learning just as much about them as an individual, as potentially a partner or peer or leader, you're learning about the company, the culture, the mission, um, relationships. So you are interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. And having this type of mindset, we talked a lot about this, Josh, in the beginning about the prepping. This is a piece of the mindset. It often helps calm nerves. Um, It often helps you be able to better focus on questions that you're going to ask them and to make the interview just as much of a conversation as opposed to receiving a question, giving mm-hmm. an answer, receiving a question. And it, it, it it's, it, it's just such a wonderful way to put yourself also in the driver's seat of kind of owning that interview. And um, this is, this is a mindset and you will be surprised if this is a mindset that you've never taken in an interview. If you put that, that, um, element in your head and saying, you know, I'm interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing me. Um, I will think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And it's not a situation where, I mean, you still need to be respectful and and speak with humility. You're still in an interview. Um, I I wouldn't venture out. And I've, you've probably heard these types of questions too, Linda, but um, I, I wouldn't be so bold to say, Hey, um, 
I just want to see what you can do for me as an employer. So like, what, what are you offering essentially? And you know, I've, I've, I've had uh, candidates say it exactly that way. I've had candidates say it more soft and some not quite so soft. And so there are good ways to do this. You're essentially, you are learning about the employer as you're in an interview. Um, I think one of the things that comes to my mind for this is internal interviews. So if you're interviewing within the organization. It's still important to understand what have I heard about this hiring manager that I'm interviewing with? What would it be like to work with them? Am I seeing any red flags? Even if you're not saying anything out loud to them to indicate that you're, you know, interviewing them just as much as they are you, but pay attention. You're in there in that room, you're in, you're working with someone, maybe you haven't had a chance to meet them before, even if it is an internal interview within the org. Um, This is the chance to get a glimpse into what it could be like working with them. And they, they might give you an offer, but you, you might have to think hard about it if you, you just got a lot of red flags sent your way during that conversation of the interview. Yeah, I, I think what you said there too about the respect and the humility and the professionalism, you know, that's going to be key. But being able to go in and and just be very observant, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I agree with you as well on the internal front. This is something that I see at my company often where, you know, you, you may apply for a role, you're not sure. Um, but if you don't have the opportunity to do any type of informational type of session, you may throw your hat in the ring and say, you know, I don't have to accept this. I like where I am right now, but I want to learn more. And sometimes going in with that, I want to learn more mindset is so powerful because you, you, don't really have anything to lose. So when you go into an interview that way, if you're currently happy in your current situation, but there's a potential opportunity in front of you, then it just becomes very, just a, a learning moment, a growth moment. And you never know. I mean, this has happened to me before where I've gone in um, really with an informational mindset and having a really detailed conversation around what a role could be from my perspective and from that hiring manager's perspective. And then before you know it, boom, I know I, I might have a promotion and and, um, but the, that, that element of, um, fear was gone because I didn't feel like I had anything to lose. Uh, cause I was just there to really learn more and what I learned, I ended up really liking. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of this one and, and I think it really helps with the nerves too. All Ready right. Five. Let's do it. When you answer a question, tell the whole story. So you may hear this sometimes mentioned, um, as the star method where, um, and, and Josh, help me fill in. So star stands for the situation. Yep. Uh, the task, I always forget the task, the action, action, and then the result. And you can see that I obviously do not follow the star method because (laughs) I do not know. I'm a fan of what I shared as tip five is tell the whole story. I often see, and this is where I, you know, originally I was, I, I was all about the star method, but what I often saw was people would miss things often missing the R and the R is the result. That's typically the most important part of the part of the story. So I coach folks to just tell the whole story. What is the question that they're asking you? Give a great example and tell them the story from A to Z. And when you're thinking about it as a story, as opposed to a method, you typically are not going to forget all of the pieces. And that ending and that result, um, that is kind of the bread and butter. That's the dessert of, you know, the, of the entire story. And, um, you know, it, so often when I see applicants truly follow the STAR method, I've seen people count on their hands. They're like, I told, I said the yes. 
I did the T. Oh my gosh, I forgot the A. Um, like I've had people say that out mm-hmm. loud. Yeah. And I will often kind of tap them on the arm and say, it's okay. Just tell me the story. Don't worry about the star method. You just tell me the story. And um, when you are just, when you're just sharing the whole story, it's often a lot more of a positive experience for both you and the, and the uh, interviewer. Yeah, absolutely. And two quick things on this. Um, yep. The, the end is, is often forgotten. I'd say next up after that is the A, the action. What did you actually do? What are those mm-hmm. behaviors or skills? Some actually, instead of calling it STAR, we'll call it SBO for situation behavior outcome. So either way, whether you call it action or behavior, it's what did you do? What skills did you use? Kind of goes back to that every hiring manager is looking for someone with the right skills, the excitement, and do they like you? This is a big way you can demonstrate almost all three, at least the first and the third one, there's skills and do they like you? Do you do, you do things the way they want you to do it? And action and behavior is a way to, to demonstrate those skills. So be clear about that. And then one quick tip here, a little bit of a side note, please, 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 when you're giving examples, any story that you're sharing, skills that you used, make sure you include what you did, not just what your team did, or we did this, we did this. This is the one place, an interview, is the one place where I love to hear things specifically about you. Um, don't be too humble. In other words, in this case, you don't want to just say, oh, we did this. We did this. Great. How did you contribute? What did you specifically do? What was your role in that go? And so that's oftentimes part of the story missing. So when you mentioned yeah. tell a whole story, like tell, tell about what you specifically did. And that is a yeah. really, really important thing to remember. It's really easy to, to feel like you need to deflect to the team. Yeah, to do the I, not the we. Yeah, yep. this, this, is, this is the time to, to be focused on you as, as, a, as an individual. Yep. Yeah. All right. Tip number six. Let's bring us home. Woo, bringing it home. All right. Tip six is send a thank you. So simple, but often forgotten, <laughs> which amazes <laughs> me because it seems like such a simple tip. Um, and there's so many ways to say thank you. Um, Josh, I'm curious. For you, do you have a personal favorite? I, I do not. I just any type of thank you. It like personal with... to receive or to give, you mean, or like to, as the recipient? To... Actually, either or, you know, um, you know, as a person who interviews very frequently, I will accept anything. I'm, I'm very happy with gratitude in any shape um, that it comes in. Um, It can be electronic. I will, it's very rare that we would get a text, but you just, you just never know um, if you're interview if you've interviewed somebody that you, you may know that would happen to have your cell, but I'm happy with a, with an email. I'm happy with a virtual e-card. I'm okay with a handwritten, like it really, it, it, um, it's all about gratitude and just a, a, a moment of appreciation for that person's time. I personally, when I interview, I will typically use an e-card. Um, I used to many years ago, especially pre-COVID, I always did a handwritten card. I would drive it over to whichever building or wherever it was going to be to kind of help speed up the process. Um, after COVID, I, I stick with, there's so many beautiful um, electronic cards out there and I can um, you know, write it up and kind of get it on its way very quickly. So that's typically the way that, that I will do it. Cool. Well, for me on the receiving end, all I really am okay with is a cruise ship gift certificates. That's pretty much the only <laughs> thing I accept know. as appreciation yeah. for interviewing. Yeah. You're um, welcome. I know I did that once for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no. So yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think the point is just to, yeah, just an acknowledgement of the time. And um, I'll be honest, like, I think there are some, and, and maybe we even disagree on this and, you know, approach things differently. But I usually when you're in an interviewing as a hiring manager, if you're in an interviewing season or a period of time where you're trying to do so much, fill a spot, you're doing so many interviews, 
half the time I forget who sent a thank you and who didn't like when I see it, it's, it's really nice. So I I don't want to like misguide you here. There's no harm in sending a thank you and you should, but from a, just a realistic perspective, I don't know that I've not hired someone because everything was great, but they didn't send the thank you. Um, so it's, it's a matter of, you might find someone though. So like there's, there's no harm at all in sending out a thank you and it takes two minutes, you may as well send it, send an email and and just get it, check it off your list because it also forces you to think through how the interview went, anything that you missed, like, thank you for your time. I'm excited about something that you said, X, Y, Z project. Um, I think I could add a lot to that. Hope to hear from you soon. Like it's, it's something Mm -hmm. pretty quick and you can, again, share something you forgot or just comment on something interesting they said during the interview. It shows that you were engaged. You remember, um, but at the end of the day, it's it's each, I think, recipient probably feels a little different about it, but some people, it's going to be very important to them. And why take the risk? You may as well just send it. Yeah. I, I, I My perspective is yours too, Josh. Like I'm never not going to hire someone for not sending one. I don't have a box on a spreadsheet saying, check, they sent one, now I can hire them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it is a building block of relationship management and right. just an element of gratitude. Um that um, I think is important. Now, I've definitely worked with folks that if you don't send a thank you, you are off their list. Um, you will not be hired. They will wait for that. Um, that is a little bit more extreme, but it does exist. So um, why not take that moment? And yep. and I'm a really big fan of trying to personalize it. You know, did you have a specific conversation um, about something unique, um, a favorite food, a trip? Um, uh, very commonly, um, with some folks coming into my organization, they may have talked about a college experience or a study abroad experience. Um, when uh, when someone references that more customized, personal part of the conversation in a thank you, I to me, I just enjoy that that much more. And if anything, it makes me really open-minded if they do end up coming into my organization, I want to get to know them even better, maybe even mentor them. Um, they've, they've set a really strong first impression um, for me. So, so I'm a big fan. I often coach to try to customize it to something that um, came out of the interview. Awesome. I think that does it. Six great tips, Josh. They're good. There they are. It's all about prep and just getting, getting in the right mindset. Um, hopefully you found some of these stories or tips helpful. I mean, you're, you're just trying to build your interview skills, always be ready. Um, which ultimately leads to your confidence being built. And that's, that's what people want. That's what everyone wants is to go into, walk into that room confident and, uh, be as prepared as you can. Absolutely. It's all about growth and your time to shine. Also, one of the things that we set up, if you do have questions or a scenario that you'd like our our guidance with, or maybe a, a suggestion for a podcast topic. We'd love to hear it. Um, yeah. Send us feedback, questions, whatever you got. Uh, send it out to questions at equippedinterview.com. Fantastic. So that's all for today, but let's absolutely keep the conversation going. Please check out equippedinterview.com. Tune in next week as we talk about things. You ready for this, Josh? Things not to do in an interview. And boy, do we have a good list for you. We can't wait. Tune in next time as we talk about things. You ready for this one, Josh? Things not to do in an interview. And boy, do we have a great list for you. We absolutely cannot wait. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you've got this. Believe in yourself. Be intentional. Do the work and build your confidence to stand out in your next job interview.